Hey guys, welcome to the Drace Podcast. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm joined today with... Trace, your boy. And today we're going to be talking about why should we join speech and debate. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I joined, you know, sophomore year, and I mean, my cousin was in it, and I was like, man, I bet it's pretty fun, you know, going, having a good time. You know, I like debating, I'm, I'm into politics and stuff like that. I joined, I mean, it was one, probably one of the best decisions of my life. I mean, I wouldn't have come back three years in a row, you know. What do you think one of your favorite parts about joining speech and debate was? Well, I really like giving up informative speeches because I just like being able to talk about a topic that I usually can't go into that much detail on in like a normal conversation because, you know, that would be weird and stuff. How about the community? I hear these debate communities are really tight and close together. Oh, yeah, it's like a family. I mean... I mean, there's some sad parts, though, you know, like whenever people graduate, you know, like we lost Papa Pablo, and, you know, that really that really took a toll, but, you know, making new friends with people like Quincy, and people like uh, Quincy, and also Quincy, you know, making some good friends here, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I have a question for you now. Okay. So, uh, when you're sitting here, you know, mind your own business, okay? You're trying to get people to join the debate team. You know, Lovell, at the end of the year, doesn't he tell us, like, give a list of people we think should oh, yeah. join the team? What are the qualities you look for in people? You know, honestly, I think in order to be in debate, I think the only thing you have to do is be able to speak about something with a passion. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that you really need anything but be able to speak with a passion and have hard work. Because without this, you're essentially not going to be able to do much. But if you have a topic that you love talking about or that you can even argue for, I think that's what creates the debate team. And I think that's what unifies us as a whole because we all see that one topic as, hey, this is how we all relate to the debate. We can all talk about something that we're passionate about. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, last period, you know, I'm in fourth period debate too. Uh, we were doing uh, this thing with them about Congress. You know, I'm not really good at Congress, but I know some of the basics a little bit, you know? And they, they were like, what's one thing that you need to know? And I said, you got you got to be confident, you know. Even though, even if you don't know a whole lot about the, even if you don't know a whole lot about the topic, you know, you got to know, you, you got to be confident no matter what. Because you know what, that can win you around. If the other team's not so good, and you're you're not so good on your topic, if you're confident, that gives you the leg up, you know. Oh yeah, I think confidence is one of the key factors in debate. And honestly, though, confidence is something that we can build up and work with. I don't think everyone's going to be confident their first debate because obviously it's not true. But this confidence we can work with, essentially. I think that's why our debate team's getting stronger as we go on because we're learning better ways to build up the confidence. Oh, true, true. And you know, yeah, I mean, confidence is important. But you know, there's some other important aspects, too. I mean, you know, one thing is not everyone's going to be amazing at debate. But, you know, I think I feel like one problem is people just don't, you know, people don't want to try. You know, as long as you try... You'll, you'll get somewhere further than the person next to you, you know? Oh yeah, there's a lot of cases where I feel awful because I see some wasted potential because no one tries in there. But I think if some people try in there, that basically anything could happen and that there could be a whole new raising of like a debate goddess like raising oh, oh. happening. Oh, most definitely. I mean, they, every, you know, not every year, but every year or every like two or three years, we just get a wave of really good debaters. Oh yeah. Then it dies down a little bit, but there, I mean, there's always good ones, no matter what. It's kind of like it's like a it's like a W, you know, uh, like an endless W. It just goes up and down, you know. And every time it goes up, that's the three-year period, you know. Oh like, yeah. 
like we can't we can't lie like the the junior my junior year that was like the renaissance period you know oh yeah we had all kinds of fantastic people i mean how many people went to tfa that year uh i think we had like wasn't it in the teens? Or? Yeah, they were in a pretty big, big group. I wasn't one of them, but you know that was the first year I actually earned points in debate. You know, for yeah, TFA. which and I was proud. You know, which I mean, I that's a step towards going to TFA. Oh, Without yeah. this baby step, you're essentially never gonna make it. You have to start somewhere, right? So uh, let's talk a little more about. You said you like doing a formative. Uh-huh. What, like, why would people want to do an informative? Well, you know, I just feel like people. You know, they got this topic. You know, a lot of people, everyone has hobbies, you know. Everyone has things that they like, things they don't like, you know. And a bunch of the stuff in debate has to do with things that maybe have like a moral standpoint behind them or something along the lines of that. And people might not want to do anything moral. People just might want to talk about something that's true to them. And I think this is a great way to be able to express something like that. I mean, there's no better way than just straight out telling the facts about a topic you enjoy. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And But sadly, I must say, our time has come to an end, so we shall see next time. This was the Drace Podcast, and we shall see you uh, tomorrow. Welcome back to the Drace Podcast. I'm Josh, your host, and today I'm joined with... Of course, Trace. Now, last time we left y'all off by talking about essentially what debate was and why people should join it. Today, we're going to talk a little more about how we can help these first years gain a better year. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so we, you know, we were wondering what can we do to tell people, you know, how they can make their first year THS debate, speech and debate, more fulfilling. And, you know, I was, and it made me come back and think about, you know, what I thought when I first went. Now, you know, one thing, one big problem I had, and I'm really glad I fixed this junior year, but, you know, I did not like going to tournaments sophomore year, first year debate. And the reason why is because I only did one event. I only did informative, okay? So, and, and, you know, it does make it boring if you only do one thing or maybe just two things. But, you know, always ask a level if you can do fillers, stuff like that, you know. But always be willing to do more than one event because it makes the tournament so much more fun. Because, like, last year... I love knowing the terms. I wish I could have gotten gone to more, but you know, I had work in the way and stuff. You know, can't always have a Saturday free, but you know, that was one thing that really helped me fulfill. And I started that trend at the end of my sophomore year. Started going to the tournaments more at the end of the year, and it's like, well, and doing more stuff at the tournaments. And I realized that made it so much better. Oh yeah, I 100% agree. One thing that I think that all first year should do is, I think honestly, they should try as many events as they can. Because their first year... Except CX. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. But their first year is going to be one of their best years ever. They're going to be able to learn all of the different types of debates and speeches. Now, they may not do the best in it, but to that, I just have to say, keep on going. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. No one was a state champion their freshman mm-hmm. year, and no one will be. Because the issue is, you have to learn and practice on yeah. it. So one of my biggest things of advice is just keep trying. Keep going until you decide that the debates simply aren't for you. And if you don't like the debates, try a different event. Maybe you don't like CX and PF and LD, but you love Congress, and go do Congress instead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. You know, sitting there. 
you know, wondering, you're talking about congress and stuff, you know, just trying all the events you oh, can. Yeah. You know, when you look at events, you got to think about what do you enjoy doing, you know? Like, do you like to argue with your parents? Do you if CX? so, then do PF or CX. CX. Perfect. Do you like to, do you like to go depresso mode? Poetry, you know? There's just so many things you can do that will speak to you specifically. But yeah, you know, that's a good advice, you know, just to try out a bunch of events, you know? I think I mean, one of the biggest things that people always forget, though, is that speech and debate's not just debate. Mm-hmm. Speech and debate has so many more things, such as reading or doing things such as poetry and acting events. Mm-hmm. These acting events tend to take favor upon many of the people that are in speech oh. and debate. And people that are first years usually don't realize that until it's too late. So I would say make sure you know exactly what's mm-hmm. being offered to you before you just I mean, sign up. You'll never have more fun than doing a duo or a duet with someone, with a friend in class. I mean, especially if you actually do it, you know, because you, you know, you can t- put your own little twists on it. You can make it you. Oh yeah. I think, I think when people really enjoyed that about speech and debate, but people don't know that that's what it offers. So, you know, that's why it's a good thing to go out there and tell people what it offers. You know, one thing that, you know, can help you make your time more fulfilling, and, of course, your first year, you know, your second and third year, hopefully, or maybe even fourth if you start freshman year, is that one big thing is that, you know, get your judges. Oh, yeah. You know, nothing's worse than the dread of coming to class and wondering if Wobble's going to ask if everyone got their judges or not. But if you get it, he's not going to yell at you specifically, okay? And that's true. I asked him, I says, I said, can I go into the hallway? Because I was a scared little boy. And he's like, did you get your judges? Like, yeah. He was like, you know what? I'll let you. I'll let you trace. I think one thing is that our debate teacher may come off kind of strong. and may seem like he's intimidating. But once you get to know him, I think he's one of the best debate coaches in the area. He's personally my favorite teacher I've ever had. Oh, yeah. He's, level. he's completely he's, he's understanding and follows anything that you need. You know, so, that's, that's the worst part about whenever I do something stupid in this class is the disappointment's real because I know Mr. Lovell cares. And I do think that's a big part. And I think that this is great for a teacher and any first years that want to join because making a strong relationship with your coach makes the year so much better than having a terrible relationship. If it hadn't been for a level, I know many of people probably would have dropped debate by now if they had a different coach that many others don't like. But, well, I think today this is going to be the end of the Drace podcast, part two. Maybe we shall see you again. You do a part three, We will never know. This was fun. I enjoyed it. I think we might start doing a podcast. So keep your eyes out, keep your heads up, and just listen to our voices. Yeah.